Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. And good day, Stevie. How goes it? It goes well. And from whence do we find you today? We find me in Boulder, Colorado at some 7,000. No, that can't be right. 5,000? 6,000? It's high. I'm high up in the air. The air is thin. I'm pounding liquid in order to stay hydrated. So far, it's barely working. But I'm doing my best. Uh, But it's good. Yeah, I think that's good. As usual, I've sung three nights worth of songs. And so, as usual, my low tones will be resonant and beautiful, but I have no falsetto to speak of. So. You're sounding husky and beautiful. That's right. Ready for all of your voiceover work for movies and such. Uh huh. I'm ready for my voiceover. What I do is I like to sing three 90 minute shows and then the fourth day, voiceover (laughs) time. I hate you. But do you smoke as well? I, I occasionally do indulge. You occasionally have a wee a wee toke. Yeah, not in this cl- in this uh, altitude though. I can't do it here. I can barely walk yeah. upstairs here. Well, I just I'm so jealous of how much you can sing and what you can then do afterwards. Because once I'm I, if I'd sang for three days, not peep. No, there'd be a night. You'd have some some rich some gruffness. Yeah, gruff. Just the time to go in a world. You know. In a world. It doesn't really work with my voice. Well, well, it would work if you went out and screamed for um, four (laughs) hours. (laughs) Then it would sound great. That's true. Have you been watching Ted Lasso? I don't have Apple TV yet. Well, I won't spoil it, but I've been trying my Ted Lasso impression of Mr. Roy Kent. Oi, Jamie, you're a twat. (laughs) (laughs) And we've already said the word twat. Yes, twice. Ladies and gentlemen... (laughs) Let's begin Welcome. the show. This, this podcast <laughs> is about Star Trek. Uh, this is Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Today's star date is 327925.2. And we're discussing Lower Decks Season 2, Episode 7, entitled Where Pleasant Fountains Lie. A little bit of a tongue twister. Indeed. And uh, another Shakespearean drop. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know what it's from. I, well, I know it's from Venus and Adonis, but I don't know to what it refers. I couldn't. I don't know the play well enough. I only know. I'm like, oh, yeah, Shakespeare. I, just, I don't, wasn't even familiar with that one. And I was in a Shakespeare uh, club at school. <laughs> well, you're they're going to revoke your card or whatever you get for Shakespeare Club. I was really only in it for the tea and cake. Oh, tea and cake. That's lovely. Tea and cake. Yes, it was rather civilized. It's fun. I always played a wench. Anyway, back to the episode. Okay. Yes, well, a delightful episode <laughs> in which many things happen. Um, maybe we should just run it on down. Let's do it. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? Tell me what just happened. Can you run it down 
We began on a nameless planet. <laughs> now I hear my own voice and it sounds silly. <laughs> we begin on a nameless planet uh, that uh, the Cerritos is helping them. Uh, they had just completed like a hundred year war because a computer had made them fight one another. The computer's name is Agamus. And uh, Ransom has disconnected Agamus from all of its drones and they put it in a high security box and it almost tricks ransom to throwing him into a control panel and starting everything over, but they managed to lock him up in a box and uh, then they go and get some food. Uh, when they get back to the ship, they're hailed by queen Paulana, Paulana, Paulona. Yeah. I think I wrote that right. And uh, she says that she first of all appears fully as like a Royal queen, like a, like a Ren fair, essentially style queen and says, uh, that mm-hmm. their dragon breath, something or others are broken and they need the Cerritos as chief engineer and chief Philip shows up on the bridge just at that moment and is, uh, to the queen's delight. Uh, and she addresses his as Andarithio. <laughs> uh, and Arithio Billups. And he says, oh, mother. And we find out that he is uh, the spawn of royalty. Uh, yeah. So then we have yep. credits. And so, boy, we 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 have the Lower Decks crew. Boyle is polishing his phaser rifle uh, because he's got this sweet assignment where he's going with Ransom to the planet Dansk to fight giant centipedes. And he's super happy about that. And he thinks Marin- Mariner is jealous of him because she has to do this, like, uh, cargo haul to the Daystrom Inter- Institute. But then, just as he is gloating about this, he is reassigned to the cargo hall. The Cerritos pulls up next to the Queen of, yes, the Queen of Hysperia. The Hysperians is a uh, Billups' people. Cerritos pulls up next to the pleasure yacht of the Queen of Hysperia. And Billups is in engineering and he says he just wants everyone to be careful, not for his, for his mother's deceptions. Apparently, by Hysperian law. Interesting one, this one. Yes, this is very interesting. If Phillips is to lose his virginity, he automatically becomes the king of Hysperia. And so he is a virgin, first of all. <laughs> and now, what, secondly... What about if yeah. some young prince just happened to get lucky one evening after some prom? He would immediately become king. I mean, a ridiculous concept, but uh, it works It works as an exciting incident <laughs> for this episode. And apparently his mother, therefore, is always trying to trick him into having sex with people. And so he wants to be very careful of so that. So Freudian. So it's weird. very Freudian. Yes. There's a lot of strange stuff going on there. So, but anyway, the queen shows up and she wants Billups to fix their quote, dragon breath engines. Uh, and, and Billups uh, selects Rutherford to go with him. Uh, and apparently dra- they like all the Hyperians rename everything to make it sound magical and, and whatever, but it's all still science. Uh, Rutherford's super worried about it because of all the monarchs and the bowing and all the stuff he's going to have to do. But Tendi tells him to get outside of his comfort zone and enjoy working on a new ship and just be careful of decorum. So, meanwhile, Mariner and Boimler are in that shuttle on the way to Daystrom, and they hit a gravimetric shear, and they crash into a planet, and the shuttle gets all banged up, and they wake up on a desert planet, and Mariner has a fractured arm she has to put into a sling. There is a breathable atmosphere, but there's like a graveyard of other broken ships there, and all the systems are down. There's nowhere to send a distress call, and the replicator's broken. And they discover that they're traveling with the evil computer, Agamus, who says he can help. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Hyperion ship, uh... They enter, and it's, it's ridiculous. There's a hall of portraits. There's armored sentries. It's all very 
all very Ren Faire, very, um, very LARPy. It's very LARPy on that ship. There's, there's like women just dancing for no reason to flutes constantly. Yeah. And we assume that you are nerds like us and you know what LARP is, live action role play and Ren Faire yeah. for Renaissance Fair, which I've, I nearly went to one, but we couldn't go in the end. Sad. It was recent. Oh. I felt I really wanted to Recently? go. Anyway, yeah, there was one up here around Central Hudson Valley area. Well, they happen frequently. You can go again oh, that's some other true. time. I yeah. have to find an outfit. Maybe I'd be Robin Hood. Who knows? Yeah, I think maybe. I mean, you could reprise your role as a wench. I could try. You don't have to do it. Thank you. You could be. I like I like you as a Robin Hood. I think that could be. Uh, how's your bow and arrow? Pretty good. I think I would look good in the hat, though. I think it's really about the. It's about headwear. the hat. Let's <laughs> listen. Let's not uh, let's not uh, play around here. It's about finding a cool hat to yeah. wear. If you're a wench, then it's the big cone thing, and if you're Robin Hood, you get the cool hat. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's. And do they have veils and yes, corsets and of course I'm not into blousy that. things. Not my thing. Anyway, yeah, no. Get you a fa- okay. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> where were we? Ren Fair. Yeah, it's all very Ren Fairy. There's people dancing around. He shows up. Everyone's super happy that King Barlanfiarmf uh, is back. What's his name? Ar Andarith Andar Andarthrio. Oh, the prince Andarithio. 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 And they huzzah him, and people start dancing. Anyway, they go to the Dragon Breath engines, and they run a full diagnostic, and they're going to have to work on it, but. Uh, the queen's like, oh, do you think you can't fix the ship? And he's like, oh, I can definitely do this, mom. Uh, and so he and Rutherford get down to brass tacks. Meanwhile, Mariner and Boimler are on that planet. And they've got Agamus. And they're outside. And, oh, the replicators don't work. They only make uh, licorice. <laughs> um, and they're charged by a beast that eats all their rations. And so now they're stuck inside with no rations, no water. They can only get licorice from the replicator. They can't send a distress call. And Agamus is able to sneak into Mariner's like pack and, and download some information about her. So uh, there's a little something there. And, you know, Agamus is trying to trick them into fighting each other, plugging him into a console, giving him power, anything to get back, you know, back to where he was. So they've been stranded for a while. They need water. They have to go searching for it. Boimler makes a Bjorn for Agamus to carry him around. And they walk on the planet's surface to find something. They do find like some fruit of some sort and it tastes like black licorice, but it's good or whatever. And uh, Agamus is still trying to like trying to manipulate them. So eventually they bury him, uh, as they say in reference. I'm sure this will be an Easter eggs comment about Data's head being buried in the sand. Uh um, but then Agamus gets attacked by crabs and he runs out and Boimler helps him. And that's when Agamus tries to turn Boimler against Mariner. He informs Boimler that Mariner is the one who took him off the centipede mission because she didn't think he was ready for the quote big stuff. So he wakes up Mariner all angry and he's siding with Agamus. And so Mariner grabs Agamus and takes him away because she thinks Boimler is about to turn. Meanwhile, Billis and Rutherford, they fix the engine. The queen is like, oh, I'm super impressed. She's like, you know what? Uh, Billups. Oh, that's right. They call him Andy because his name is Andorithio. <laughs> I get it. Uh, she's like, listen, I'm not proud of you, but I, I understand now why you want to be an engineer instead of a prince. And uh, just at that moment, Freeman calls for Billups and says, Billups, get up here. And so Billups leaves and tells Rutherford to stick around for the feast. Billups goes to see the captain. The captain's like, I'm just trying to get you out there and get you some space. And Billups is like, you know, actually, things are going great. I think my mom finally gets me. I think today things have finally changed. And then as they're looking out the view, boom, there's an explosion on the Hyperion ship. 
and they rush back and are told the queen died in the explosion, as did Rutherford. Tendy gets the snooze in sickbay, and uh, she's pretty uh, broken up about it, and uh, all is not well. Meanwhile, Mariner and Boimler are looking through the old wrecks on that planet, and Agamus is still trying to convince Boimler to use them, and Boimler seems to be falling for it. Eventually, he and Mariner do start fighting, like he starts fighting Mariner to get uh, Agamus, and he pulls a phaser on Mariner, and she says she wouldn't do it, and then he does do it. He, he stuns her with the phaser, and he takes Agamus into one of the wrecks that Agamus says he can turn all the power back on and get them out of there. Meanwhile, Freeman and Billups show up on the Hyperion ship. Uh, oh, no, no, this is much later. Oh, yeah, so Billups shows up in Freeman's ready room, and he resigns from Starfleet, because he has to take the Hyperion throne because it's empty, so he's given a sash and a rope, and he's very sad about it, and he's going to have to go lose his virginity in order to become king. Again, we accept that this is the case. Um, Tendi, uh, who's still broken up about Rutherford, she asks the computer to locate Rutherford, and the computer is able to locate his cybernetic implants in part of the ship, so Tendi goes to find that. Meanwhile, Mariner wakes up on the planet, um, she realizes that she's been stunned by Boimler. Boimler's in the ship with Agamus, and Agamus says he can bring the ship back online if Boimler plugs into his battery. So Boimler plugs Agamus in. Uh, Tendi is looking for Rutherford. She finds that place where his cybernetic implants are and finds that uh, Rutherford's just hanging out with the queen and a bunch of uh, her like court, and they're just having a big old feast. And they didn't know, well, Rutherford didn't know anything about the explosion because the queen transported them there to eat and they've been toasting and it's all been a ploy to get Billups to lose his virginity and become the king. And so Rutherford has to run and find Billups who is in the, in the, uh, in a state of deja vu with two people and is about to, uh, 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 you know, uh, 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 utilize his, uh, his parts for, for uh, pleasurable, uh, uh, fancifulness. Uh, you know, where potted plants grow. So uh, he's able to run in there, and apparently Phillips uh, needed a little more time to get ready for uh, his first big debut. And so Rutherford is able to inform him that the queen has not, in fact, died. And all is well. He doesn't have to have sex. He can be an engineer and a virgin forever. Meanwhile, on the planet, Mariner finds Boimler, Agamus says, you're too late. Ha 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 ha. I will make a fleet of mur- murder drones and destroy all of this quadrant. Ha 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 ha. I fooled you. And then Boimler was like, no, I fooled you, actually. I was using your power to send a distress call. Boimler had only connected him to the dimmer switch. And uh, Boimler had only stunned Marin in order to get the computer to trust him. But it surprises Marin. And she's so happy that he's become the evil computer now. And ha ha ha. They have a great time. Uh, Billups. Uh, yells at his mother that she doesn't accept him and he says she's just going to have to deal with the fact that he's going to be an engineer and she sort of accepts that. Uh, dun dun dun. Meanwhile, I mean, it's not a dun dun dun, but it's like a we'll see. Uh, Agamus is taken by Boomer and Mariner to the Daystrom Institute and put in uh, evil computer jail and as they walk away he, he uh rails he says i will destroy all i will annihilate the federation and then a computer next to him says you won't do it i'll do it and then you realize it's a jail full of evil computers that all say that mm-hmm. they will annihilate the federation because it's a popular thing and that my friends is the end of episode seven season two of lower decks boom 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 what did you think 
I enjoyed it. Good, nice, nice little caper. I'm now. Yeah. I feel like I'm sort of on the lookout for some big finale. So I was like, is this it? Uh, mm. But no, it's just like uh, they wrapped it up in the episode. Uh, I liked the Mariner Bormler business. I'm glad Bormler's starting to show that he's not a complete doofus. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, <laughs> it's cool to get Billups's backstory, even though it's insane. Yeah, I think we'll end up probably calling back to that at some point. I'm sure we'll meet uh, Queen Paolana again. I'm sure we shall. Once again, try to trick Billups into having uh, sex and becoming king or something. And I thought it was hilarious that not only was he about to have sex, he was about to have a threesome. Yes. With the two guards. Yes, he's going to have a threesome with the two guards. (laughs) And yes, the queen says something to the fact my guards are trained to skip foreplay. You'll never get there in time. Um. Yes, it's a very strange culture, mm. the high spirits. It's not the first time mm-hmm. Star Trek has had weird sex cultures. Of course. Yeah. TOS is full of weird sex things. Yeah. So is TNG. Yeah. Oh, so is TNG. That's right. Yeah. It. Listen, say whatever you will about Mike McMahon's uh, very strange sense of humor. He is pulling from real source material. Like, there's always a weird sex episode or two yeah. where they're like, yes, now you have sex and then you die young or something like that. But once you have sex. He's definitely figured out what the Trek tropes are. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's got all and the And he's Trek calling tropes. back to them. He's got yeah, it's great. Uh, well, I guess that brings us to. Trying to make it longer every time. This is the remix. Yes. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Zach and <laughs> here at the uh, set phasers desk. We go immediately to Stevie Baz on the ground at our Easter egg desk. Stevie, how's it going? Well, hi there, Anki. Hi there. It's uh, great to be here, as always. <laughs> Hope you're well in the studio there. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I thought we had a couple of Easter eggs, mm-hmm. but obviously I think, you know, it's the, the typical one is super obvious. We have the evil computer. And I think Landry mm-hmm. was actually, was he referenced? I think he was referenced in this. Was he referenced again in this? I think he was referenced, yeah. Um, but I thought what was really interesting about Agamus, or my favorite thing about Agamus, was he was uh, voiced by Jeffrey Coombs. Yes. The wonderful Jeffrey yes, Coombs. Indeed. And, you know, I, I've been familiar with his voice, and I looked him up, I was like, oh, he's been in so many things. And he has, mm-hmm. in fact, graced Star Trek. I think this is his fourth different series. So he was in DS9. Yes. Voyager. Uh-huh. Enterprise and now Lower Decks. Oh yeah, he was not. It was too early for him to be in TNG, right? He was never in TNG, but I distinctly remember every other character he's done. Yeah, I don't mm. think he was in TNG at all. No, I don't think so. Yes. Anyway, well, I thought that was quite cool. Fantastic. He uh, he almost single handedly saved the first season of Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Who was he in Enterprise? He was an Andorian. He pink skin. No, was that him? Yes. Oh, wonderful. We'll see pink skin. Yeah. Ah, yes, he did. T- you're absolutely right. He he saved Enterprise. Yeah. Almost from the brink of extinction <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and exile from uh, Trek yeah. canon and lore. Um, I think that at the beginning, also, I think they were talking about the network of drones. I think yes. Agamus was like, "Oh, it's a network of drones," and I immediately thought of um, TNG season one, episode twenty-one, the Arsenal of Freedom. Do you remember mm. when they beam down to a planet and there's this sort of automated system and they have these network of drones. I wasn't sure if they were yes. going to call back to that, but I think when they said network of drones, that's what I was led to think. Yeah. I think it's all in their reference. Yeah. That makes total sense. There, yeah. mm-hmm. And I think for me, possibly the last sort of real Easter egg was 
Phillips's mum just gave me such Luaxana Choi vibes. The sort of helicopter uh-huh, mom totally. um, who's almost a hippie in the sense of, mm-hmm. you know, the modern sense, if you like. And obviously sort of very sex free and open and all that. Yeah. So And also like a royalty or diplomat. Yes. Or so it comes and turns the ship upside down. Yeah, you know? exactly. Did you notice anything else? Uh, no, the only the other thing I noticed was the the very obvious thing where they were like, we should bury this like Data's head. And oh, yes. Homer says, actually, Data's head was in the cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we just watched that episode, I think, didn't we? Did we? No, did I think I? we nearly. You, maybe you did. Okay, well. The Fistful <clears throat> of Data is that one? I'm cool. Part one and two? Yeah. I, yeah. I thought maybe we, we keep did. talking about it. Maybe we should just watch it. Yeah. The weird should. snake head thing. Right. Oh, did you notice who played Billups' mom? I did i made a note of it when it was happening but i didn't write it down (sighs) it was hard because obviously she put an accent on and it took me a minute but i guessed and i was right is it a regular on the show no oh no who was it june diane Raphael. really yes you know that that is paul shear's husband and wife yes so that's wonderful so that, I imagine, will definitely be, be a callback. What a weird... <laughs> yeah. The show and the meta stuff of the show <laughs> is just so great. <laughs> but they are married and she was playing his mother. Yeah. So yeah. just trying to get him to have sex with people. Yeah, that's fantastic. yeah exactly. I did not... Mm-hmm. I sort of recognized her voice because I, I listened to their podcast, but I I just kind of like put it aside because I was so... Once mm-hmm. Jeff, I was so obsessed with Jeffrey Combs. And I was yeah. trying to figure who that was the whole episode. I was like, I know this voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, uh, obviously, Aki, that, that is all that I have from the uh, set here of Lower Decks. It's uh, back to you in the studio. Well, uh, thank you. Kermit, did you just put on a Kermit I filter? did, you're right. It sounded very Muppety. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> you're in the studio. <laughs> you in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know you had a Kermit filter. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I, I didn't know either. These things just happen. Happy accidents. Happy accidents. A Kermit thing you have. Uh, well, we could go to quotable <laughs> moments. I have at least one, I think, somewhere here. I only have one also. Quotable moments. Um, actually, I have two, but one is very dirty. Uh, mm-hmm. My first one was just Mariner asking, how are... When she was talking about the phaser rifles, she says, how are those different from regular phasers? And Bohm says, uh, they take two hands. <laughs> Fair. I had Captain Freeman. I don't know why I keep giving alien street food a chance. It's always such a gamble. Oh, that was I like great. That. <laughs> yes. That was a very cool, <laughs> weird open because they put Agamus in the thing and then they're like, anyone hungry? I'm like, I could eat. Yeah. <laughs> can get alien street food. Uh, the other one I had was just so gross, but Rutherford, when he bursts in, he's like, where's Billups? Did his kingdom come? And uh, <laughs> that was very, very funny. It's so oh, childish, That was so quick. I missed that. Be so funny. <laughs> Such a funny, stupid thing to say. Anyway, those were quotable moments. <laughs> oh boy. Let's move on. Yes. Next time. Next time on Set Phasers. Next time on Set Phasers, we'll be discussing episode eight of season two of Star Trek Lower Decks, and who knows what shall happen then. Uh, but certainly Can something. We have a title. Yeah, something 
cool we're getting towards the end maybe I'm, I'm 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 puffing this up too much the point is <laughs> we'll be discussing it so uh if you enjoyed what you hear uh, uh thank you first of all for tuning into this episode of the program and if you'd like to hear more episodes of our program you can catch them wherever you get podcasts and we make uh new episodes every monday and you can get them wherever you get podcasts from indeed and if you want to catch us on the social media the social me we are at set phasers and add set phasers podcast uh meme game strong if you'd like to support our continuing mission to discover what star trek has in store for us i just said track star track <laughs> star track like an 80 year old man <laughs> uh if you'd like to discover what star trek has in store for us uh we would love your support you can go to patreon.com slash set facers and sign up there to become one of our patrons mm. and get to do cool things but also support the podcast indeed you could have netflix watch parties once a month with us yes and, once a month. indeed and i think we'll even start to do uh the the video episodes from our pod going directly unedited oh, to sweet. the patreon oh how unfortunate for them i know Ooh. Yeah. Get to see inside our, our little rooms. Our hotel room. Wherever we seem to be. There's a lot of calf heads on the wall here, which is disturbing to me. It's the whole time. It's very scary. Anyway. <laughs> um, what happens next? What do we, we, uh, uh, we sign off now? Yes. Make it less awkward. Uh, until next time, I'm Stevie Manns. And I'm an angry computer that wishes to destroy the Delta Quadrant. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek <laughs> podcast. Computer. End program. Mm-hmm.